Fearscape Media Network, exploring the unknown, one podcast at a time. Hi, listeners. Listen to the Books and Boosts podcast with me, host Anna Temperley, and Marlena Lear as we crack open a bottle or two or three and dive into some interesting books, airing the first Wednesday of every month. Bye. There are phenomena that exist all around us. Kids playing above something and above something unknown flies over and disappears. People driving at night, seeing huge creatures cross the road. People waking up to find their cabinet door ripped open in their kitchen. Strange things happen. Strange things happen every day around the world and seemingly at the same time and area. But are these occurrences connected? This is what we are here to explore and are trying to understand. Join us on our journey to uncover what we call the Convergence Enigma. And welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of the Convergence Enigma with Josh and Stefan. I am your host, Stefan Gearhart, and I am joined, as always, by the epic, the awesome, the magnificent, the marvelous, the petite Josh Rutledge. What's happening, co-host of mine? I am petite compared to giants. You are, you, sir, are a petite sirloin that I would eat medium rare. <laughs> no season. Well, that's just weird. <laughs> Fire and smoke is all I need with you, baby. <laughs> that's going to be the name of your steakhouse that you're going to open one day. Fire and smoke. Fire and smoke. Ooh, I like that. And it's dragon themed. Yeah, dragon. And then there's a dragon that breathes fire on the steak. No, no, no. It's just dragon from uh, the Skinwalker Ranch show. Ah, okay. So, it just, <laughs> so there's just a guy that nods on in, in disapproval. Somewhere. Yeah, disapproves and, all the time at, yeah. at, at whatever you make your steak, whatever like cook you and, you do it at. If you say medium, he's like. Mm. And then he just like runs up to people with their mashed potatoes and is like, you can't dig in the mashed potatoes. You can't dig in, the, can't mashed dig in the mashed potatoes. Is that ketchup on your steak? We are not allowed to have ketchup here. I got to call the manager. I got to call. I got to call the manager. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways. Tell us how you really feel. Uh, no. Uh, uh, all right. Well, now that we're past that. Uh, no, we got a fantastic show, Josh. I know you're aware. Uh, we have a great interview tonight. We are going to be talking to Luis Jimenez from one of our favorite YouTube shows, the unidentified celebrity review. Uh, the Right now it's like the hottest UFO show on YouTube right now. It's just like, yeah. they just blew up dude. Uh, and I'm proud of them. Madaloni's over there. I like, I'm just, I'm just proud of this show, man. I, I, it's, it's doing yes. really, really well. And it's kind of where I've been getting all my news from. Yeah. Bringing a lot of notoriety to the topic, which any, any more than we can get, you know, to bring it into the more of the mainstream, the better off we are for it. Yep. So. And uh, Lou is a comedian, you know, he's a he's an improviser as well, and he's hilarious. So, uh, you know, that's always a, one of the fun parts. It reminds me of our show. There's a lot of laughter through the entire show, even with the guests. And uh, I love that. I know some people are like, can't you guys just take it seriously? Yeah. Um, no. That's Dragon. Dra- that's Dra- Dragon. That's Dragon. He's- it's watching our show or listening to our show, and he's like, come on, guys, take it seriously. Dragon's on UFO Twitter going to all the UFO podcasts that have any humor, and he's just like, Ugh. yeah. Ugh. Nope. Like, I don't know how you spell that, but it's <laughs> hashtag. Ugh. It sounds like the guy from Splint Sling Blade. Uh, <laughs> I got mustard and biscuits. They call me Dragon. Anyways, uh, before we get to uh, Luis, we're going to uh, jump into our segments for the week. And our very, very first segment of the week, as usual, is Psychic Word of the Week. And now, the Psychic Word 
psychic word of the week comes from the encyclopedic psychic dictionary from june g bletzer phd rest in peace honey bear i love you i never even knew you uh just a reminder this was published back in 1986 1986 and this is still so very very relevant we find so many things that correlate with what we're doing uh but if you listen to the show you know we flip through the pages until we land on something we feel that stop uh and this time i landed on page 498 and the phrase that uh caught my eye was psychic barrier psychic barrier So Psychic Barrier says to deliberately set tangible, forceful, protective vibrations around an individual or around an area that he or she frequents who is bothered or victimized by a malicious, revengeful or negative person. Uh, Certain words, objects, symbols and incantations have a vibrational frequency that wards off evil if used in a ritual and with that intent. Uh, can be performed by an exorcist or a well-grounded psychic. These symbols, words, etc., disrupt or stir the consciousness of the oncoming undesirable person. He or she feels uncomfortable and leaves, not realizing why they changed their mind. For example, a tetragram drawn on the inside of a door or salt sprinkled in a circle around a house makes any guests who come with evil intent feel uneasy and they do not enter. Uh, it is unnecessary to see the salt or the tetragram. Interesting. Yep. So, so we do that, that in Wicca. I mean, we, you know, yeah. we draw circles, we draw a psychic circle, and that is, it's to keep uh, yeah. anything bad or malicious or ill intent out of your circle. Is it also, you think, where you physically, like you personally shield? Is that the same thing? Yeah, shield is, your, is a psychic yourself? barrier. It is absolutely. Okay. It's a, you know, like I said, she tries to use as mundane words as possible by saying vibrational energies, right? Yeah. And so, oh, yeah, that's shielding. totally mundane. Well, I mean, as mundane <laughs> as you can get. Yeah. Um, you know, but yeah, shielding is absolutely that. Drawing circles, um, yeah, you know, using a salt circle is a very, very. Yeah quick defense especially against spirits uh and and things like that so uh thank you junji bletzer as usual you do what you do baby boo uh and thank you for <laughs> teaching us different ways i would have never called it a psychic barrier but now i can uh you know next time yeah. santosh is like hey have you guys shielded up and be like no but we've uh, psychic barriered up I've got to go apply my psychic barrier. Hold on, guys. Excuse me. Um, excuse me for a moment while I go put on my psychic barrier. It's going to take a little <laughs> second. I got to put some salt in the tetragram in my pocket. <laughs> you sounded like Peter Griffin. <laughs> I've got to put a tetragram in my pocket. No, copyright. Oh, no, we're going to get sued. Oh, man. We're get sued. All right. Well, that's psychic okay. word yeah. of the week. Uh, let's get to our uh, next segment, which is uh, UFO UAP sighting of the week. All right, UFO UAP sighting of the week. Josh, what do we got? Where's it from? And what the hell happened? Yep. So this comes to us from the great website MUFON. MUFON.com. MUFON. Hey, Um, when this airs, uh, we'll be like like a week away or so, a week or two away from going to the UFO Congress. I'm super pumped. Or I mean the UFO Symposium. Symposium. Yeah. It's not simple. It's a symposium. Anyways. More you um, know. So this happened on June 14th, 2022. Oh, so like yesterday when we're 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 recording recording this. Yeah. So yesterday. Very interesting. In Steamboat Springs, Colorado, which is probably where Steamboat Willie's from. (laughs) Maybe. Um, and it's the headline is assumed satellite, but changed speed and direction. So here's where we go. I walked out onto my back deck and saw what appeared to be a satellite. After watching for 30 seconds, it appeared to change speed. It sped up and then quickly returned to its prior speed. Then after a few more seconds, it changed direction. I've seen several satellites, but never seen one change direction. It appeared to descend towards the east, and after 30 seconds, faded out. 
After initially seeing the object, it seemed erratic in its flight. That's what caught my attention and led me to fill out this information. We got a proposed satellite bouncing all over the atmosphere. Right. Um, clearly, the person who saw it, uh, there's something wrong with their eyes. They probably have a condition. And that's what caused it. It was that. Yep. They're affected by swamp gas. They are. They were not. Uh, swamp gas that's inside of a weather balloon. That's yeah. what makes it float. If you didn't People know. who see UFOs have swamp gasitis. I've had swamp gasitis, and I didn't see a UFO when I had it. <laughs> <laughs> but no, um, I mean I've I've seen those. Uh, that that yeah. that's, <clears throat> I mean that the one that I saw when I was out here with my wife um, just before uh, Christmas, we saw like it was just tracking across the sky, and then boom, sixty degrees in the other direction, it was gone. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. Similar in a way to uh, what we saw um, near the Star Capella back in the day when we first yeah. had UFO sighting. Yeah. You know, it was bouncing all over the place. Bouncing all yep, yep. Very, very cool. Well, Josh, before we get into this interview, I want to do a quick creepy catch-up if that's okay with you. Oh, yeah, and I got some stuff. Yeah, all right. So, creepy catch-up. Creepy catch-up. Creepy catch-up. Creepy Ketchup! Creepy Ketchup! Y'all, it's creepy. Creepy Ketchup, Josh, man. Uh, <laughs> these shadow people are getting me, dog. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, man. Like, I don't know what happened that's affecting the both of us, but I have been seeing shadow people out of the corner of my eye like crazy uh, at work, at home when I'm driving the car, like how there's a man outside of my car while I'm going 65 down the highway. I don't mm-hmm. know. Um, but I'm seeing these shadow people, but the big one, Josh, and I know I've told you this, but the, uh, our audience has not heard this as I was walking my dog Kenobi, uh, yesterday morning or today. I can't even remember how long was that today or whatever. It doesn't yesterday. matter. It was yesterday. yesterday. <laughs> Excuse me. And, um, it was pretty early in the morning, it's like 6 a.m. And I'm walking and uh, there's a place where it comes to a T and I turn left and behind me, I kind of feel somebody behind me. So I assume it's another person walking their dog. So I do a quick look behind me just because I'm a dog lover. I want to see what kind of dog it is. And I see a man in black standing all the way at the end of the sidewalk, all the way down um, in a black suit. Everything's black. Um, black sunglasses, black fedora, classic movie. He's got his hands uh, crossed in front of him, uh, kind of, you know, the opposite of at ease for a soldier, yeah. but in the front. Um, <laughs> standing there. But I, I did a quick look, right? But I mean, I saw a human being, what looked like a human being dressed in all black and a suit and everything like that. And I thought, well, that's weird. And he didn't have a dog. And I quickly looked back again to see that I missed the dog. What it, what it, no one was there. There's where he was standing. There's no separate path to get off of. He was in between two openings. So he would have had to have run like Barry Allen flash to get out of there or hop into somebody's patio and duck. Um, But it gave me the willies because, you know, I've been, worried that some of the shadow people we've been seeing may be some sort of men in black you know we've always talked that our men in black shadow people yeah but then to see a human being was pretty crazy to me um standing there and i've been feeling like i've been being watched and uh i think i told you on the show about the little kid that i saw drawing chalk drew an alien head and he said that's his friend that visits him uh, while he sleeps and i was like oh my god (laughs) I don't know what's happening, dude, but that's my creepy catch up, dude, is I'm pretty sure I saw MIB and it was not Will Smith or Tommy Lee Jones. Well, mine's uh, I mean, I just had a lot of different things showing up at my room at night and um, some great, crazy dreams. I had like some kind of a time convergence that happened yesterday. So, yeah, all kinds of like. I don't know. I guess it's because I'm here. It's our energies are close to each other again or mm-hmm. something. I don't know. It's really something going on there. So, yeah. Crazy time, man. All right. Well, thank you for sharing as well. We talk to us, shadow men and black people. 
we want to know. We'll interview yeah. you on the show. We'll interview you on the show. <laughs> we will. Uh, speaking of Men in Black, let's go ahead and get to uh, Lou Jimenez, uh, host of the Unidentified Celebrity Review. All right, everybody, as promised, we've got Luis Jimenez on the board with us here today on the Convergence Enigma with Josh and Stefan, host of the Unidentified Celebrity Review. We are super pumped to have you, dude. We love the show. Uh, Thank you so much for joining us today, man. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, it's an absolute pleasure to be here. Thank you for having me. So um, are these unidentified celebrities? Like we don't know who they are. No, that's you right. don't find so, out until the end of the show. Yeah, you don't yeah, find I mean, out until the end to the very all, last episode. Um, yeah. You know, so, so when I was coming up for the name of the show, I was I really was like trying to not put UFO or alien yeah. or any yeah. of this kind of yeah iconography or or, or verbiage because I, I just you know and I also wanted to kind of leave myself open just in case you know yeah. I changed my mind I want to do something else with the channel. Um, but the idea was it because I'm an actor in Los Angeles and I've done legitimate work. I've worked with legitimate people. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm, I, I was like, well, how funny would it be if it's just like an unidentified celebrity review? Because originally we were going to mm-hmm. do review of movies and films mm-hmm. with my other actor friends uh, who are also unidentified celebrities. But some of them are, are like... <laughs> you know almost really big names um so i thought that was you know that was supposed to be the whole idea of the name in the show and then it morphed into you know what it is yeah. today and then people are like what i don't get the name of the show i'm like no yeah, that's it that's what it means no that that happened to us man i mean we were fearscape for almost four years and we realized we're like it stopped being the scary thing and was just yeah. getting more into us searching for answers and different things like that and and it stopped being just paranormal started moving into conspiracy into just ufos more than anything and and yeah, yeah. so we we feel you man but i, I like it because i'm an improviser and an actor myself and a little oh, right close to ucb so a little ucr yeah. action makes me still feel like i'm back home so cool yeah i mean yeah it was funny because I, I was uh, right before the pandemic uh went all to you know full-fledged you know lockdown i was mm-hmm. on a on a house sketch team at the UCB. There you go. Um, so yeah. Hopefully no wonder I like you, man. Back up. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah I've, been doing, I've been doing improv for 25 years, man. Oh, get out of here. We're, we're, and you were doing it where? Doing it, I was doing it in Louisville, Kentucky, which was my okay. home base. Um, yeah, I used yeah. to run a festival out there, a damn good improv festival, and um, cool. they performed a lot in Chicago because it was only like five hours away. So we drive up yeah. there all the time. Um, and I've toured all over. I've, I've been everywhere. That's awesome. Yeah, so That's I got awesome. friends yeah, scattered all over the country. All <laughs> so, oh, right, we probably know a, a, we probably more know than a likely. Probably you know, know. Uh, well, let me ask you this: Do you know Joe Bill, Mark Sutton? Of course, I do. Yeah. Yep, I've done many a workshop with them and a show or two. Yeah, I was gonna say you can't go to Chicago and not know Mm-mm. Bassprov. Yep, gotta yeah. love Bassprov. Yeah, I got to see them do Bassprov with Rachel Dratch, which was amazing. Oh my God. One oh and God. Horatio Sands, uh, so, but Rachel so, Dratch was the best show. It was, <laughs> I'm sure. The best. So speaking speaking of large fish, um, <laughs> how, how did you uh, how did you find yourself um, on the unidentified flying object side of the house? Did you have an an experience yourself? You just always yeah. been interested in it. What's well, the so deal? I've I, I I like a lot of people when they got the the. Um, the break at school to go to the library and pick out whatever book you wanted to read. Yes. I, I always found myself in front of those books, you know, the Loch Ness Monster, Bigfoot, yep. UFOs. And the UFO side really intrigued me because in these books, you know, you'd see like Air Force photos and, um, you know, here all, you know, J. Allen Hynek and Project Blue mm-hmm. Book and all those things. Um, and then when I was 13 years old, I had an experience at a birthday party with a whole bunch of people. And um, and I've always been really fascinated with the topic. Um, but, you know, when I was in high school and college and in New York City doing improv and stuff, I really kind of just stopped thinking about it for the most part, unless, of course, somebody would bring it up and mm-hmm. we'd naturally talk about it. Um, and then in 20, uh, 2019, right before 2020, um, 
I was working at a restaurant, you know, like most actors do. And <laughs> Lou Elizondo came walking into the restaurant. Wow. And we, you know, I started talking to him. I was like, oh my God, you know, not only is your name Lou, but you're Cuban. I'm Cuban. You're from Miami. I'm from Miami. And then that just kind of opened the door to a two hour conversation while he was in the restaurant. I was waiting at his table. And wow. he was also there with the, uh, with the entire, uh, production staff of Unidentified season two. So I wow. got to talk to those guys too. So that was really cool. And I was already in the mindset of trying to think of what kind of YouTube channel I wanted to produce. Um, you know, I was bouncing between political, you know, um, video game, nerdy kind of thing, mm -hmm. you know, like, and uh, UFOs was there, but I was very hesitant for obvious reasons um mm -hmm. you know i know in 2017 it happened but as soon as i met lou elizondo i was like that's it dude I, oh yeah I, I know what kind of channel i want to do and so i started working on the concept working on the idea and the name and you know kind of what i was trying to do with it when i first started you know i was having my actor friends come into the studio with me or my apartment and we would do the show and we review something or we talk about something and partly it was to get not only like a comedic take on the topic, but also, you know, the the everyday person, like what did most of these people I was bringing in are just actors. None of them really cared about or thought about the topic. Yeah. Um, and then I would lay out these things that, you know, the 2017 article or the Crada agreement or, you know, whatever was going on in the news or we'd watch a movie and review it. Um, and we got about, I think, five or six guests in. And then COVID happened. <laughs> no, so, yeah. So like, yeah, I, remember. That's, I, I had to change the format of the show right there on the fly. Um, and so that's kind of how I stumbled into, you know, how we progress into what we are today. Man, well, and, you, yeah, know, I, you know, COVID was probably the best thing to happen for Zoom. Um, you know, <laughs> yeah. For sure. Well, I for mean, sure. yeah, it changed us too. We, at the time, we had a podcast and a radio show. And literally the New Year's right before COVID, the radio station shut down. So we were already yeah. out of the studio trying to figure out what we were doing. And then lockdown hit, too. And we were like, like literally right at the right. same time. And it changed everything for us, too, in, in a good yeah. way. So, yeah, I think so, too. I mean, it, it gave me essentially a year and a half to really build the channel mm -hmm. without any pressure, um, you know, which was awesome. Um, so, it, it, you know it took me about six or seven months to really find the rhythm of the show. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it was, it ended up being a pretty, pretty good thing for me as well. Well, and for us too. And anybody yeah. that's seen it, man, we, I'm, I'm glad all that happened because we yeah. really enjoy it. Well, and you, and you were one of the main hosts for the recent uh, UFO Congress. Um, what was that uh, thing that happened out there in Utah? I can't, I, UFO Disclosure, I think, was the name yeah, of the conference. Yeah, UFO Disclosure Symposium. Yeah, I was hosting yeah. Chris Leto's balloon launch. I wasn't the ho I wasn't at the event. Right. Um, I wasn't the host of the event. But yeah, I, Chris Leto was doing his balloon NFT initiative and launch, uh, the UAP Society, and he invited me to be part of it. And he, you know, I was like, he was talking about this idea that he wanted to do with the launch and stuff. I was like, dude, that sounds awesome. Uh, you know, I think I can help you produce it. Uh, and host it if you want so that way you can concentrate on whatever you, you know launching mm -hmm. a balloon um and so yeah yeah it was really cool um chris Lato's a really awesome dude um just so inclusive so open and, and a really great resource especially when it comes to um to analyzing and breaking down videos mm -hmm. really yeah amazing. i'm glad i'm glad to just see things happening again i mean uh we work for the debrief as well so half our staff was there and then right. we've got the ufo symposium coming up with mufon we're going to be there at that and it's going to be so nice to you know you got it you got your pick you got a couple live ones right. some of them are still doing you know online which is still great because you can sit at home and watch these 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 lectures and and, yeah. and all of that it's it's kind of interesting how COVID kind of forced the world to change in the direction it was kind of already heading in, in, yeah. in a way, but it, it it proved to the old guard that things can be done a new way because it yeah. had to. Yeah, I think there's a lot of part, a lot of that old guard that's really fighting the change. Yeah. <laughs> they, they really want people to come back to work. It's just like, dude, why? Like, why? You do everything because they're renting. This is exactly yeah. what my work told me is that we we have to rent this building and we need you here. Yeah. That's why we're in a five-year yes. contract with this building. 
Yeah, it's just not good enough. <laughs> no, <laughs> you know? it's not. Well, and it's you know, the aliens enough. were mad because everybody was indoors. They were having trouble picking people up right. out of the woods. That's so it was true. a slow, it was a slow year and a half for, for the greatest. You know, yeah. <laughs> but you know, wow. I mean, think about, look at how much sightings increased mm. uh, during the pandemic too. Cause so many people were out in their backyards, like yeah. nothing to do. Look, there's well, a, not as many planes were flying over either. Yeah. True, yeah. Well, I can't remember who said this, uh, but they said it a couple of weeks ago on my show and it was something along the lines of, yeah, we'll also think about this. There's half as many people smoke, you know, and they were sort of relating it to maybe the, the a dip in sightings for mm-hmm. over the last, you know, whatever, two or three decades. Um, and it's like, oh, yeah, people used to smoke a lot more and they would yeah. go in their backyards. They would go yeah. you know, take out trash or whatever. They'd be smoking and just kind of sitting there eating, sh- you know, I never thought crap. about that. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, like uh, and so there you go. You know, like it, it, it's uh, I was like, oh, yeah, that's yeah. true. That's true. <laughs> Well, we're in Arizona now, so many more smoke different stuff here. So they're back outside yeah. here. <laughs> Good for them. Good for them. <laughs> but now nobody believes them. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, that's the catch 22, right? Yeah. That's like every time Stefan and I go out to do any spooky stuff, we always make sure we're clear headed. So there's no, right. There's no, you know, well, I had a oh, beer at dinner. Well, then <laughs> yeah. that must be the problem. I, I just think it's so funny, too, when people, I mean, I understand why it's part of the equation, but it's like, look, we had a glass of wine at dinner. It's not like we, you know, killed three bottles. Like, what what are we talking about here? You know, I know it's uh, like if somebody shot at me, but then they found <laughs> out I had a beer, people wouldn't be like, well, we can't believe that somebody shot at him now. <laughs> right. Because he had right, a beer yeah. at dinner. Yeah, so, yeah. His, his testimony is completely useless. Well, I think it, I, I think in that scenario, I think in that scenario, it's probably more likely. Like, right. like you know, it's more likely somebody shot at you because you had a beer. Oh well, beer. yeah, that's yeah. different. Then, then I hold the burden. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so, so Lou, I wanted to ask you: um, since you started doing the show, is there uh, an opinion that you had? on some topic in kind of the ufo paranormal space, right, that mm-hmm. has been changed. Has anybody convinced you or changed you in anything you previously held on any? <sighs> well, here's the thing with this topic is that it constantly changes. Mm-hmm. You know, one day I'm totally on board and I'm like, yes, we're so close. And then the next day I'm like, this is the worst thing ever. I don't believe any of it. <laughs> Um, I think the biggest, I, I don't know if there's anything, like I said, that I'd go, you know, I changed my mind on, although there have been things that that happens all the time, I guess, in this topic. Um, but I think that the biggest lesson I've learned is to not hold people up uh, as un- imperfect, you know, or like, mm-hmm. uh, or as gods or, you know, like infallible humans. Um, or he like like putting people up as like a hero or on a pedestal I think is something that those are like some lessons I've learned it's like okay look I, the credentials are great the person sounds like he's very credible very honorable or, or you know whatever uh, descriptive you want to attach to this person um, but even with all of those bona fides I, I gotta I'm very conscious now especially to step back and say okay what are they saying mm-hmm. you know what are they actually saying um, and what what's their agenda if it looks like they have one, you know? So I think, you know, just make just not believing anyone, you know, questioning everybody mm. to the absolute full extent, and um, because this is I don't want to believe I don't I don't I don't want to feel like I'm in a religion anymore. You know? <laughs> yeah, and, and well, I think and it, that's my biggest thing. It's interesting because you talk about you know the credentials and stuff. Um, it seems like. Since 2017, um, everybody's interested in credible witnesses, right? Mm-hmm. So the military, law enforcement, whatever, those are credible witnesses. Right. J- Joe Schmuck that saw something in his backyard, he's not a credible witness, but right. but the military is. But it's interesting, you know, you think about, um, you know, asking people their agendas and et cetera, because you talk about like somebody like Richard Doty, right? Richard Doty's mm-hmm. credentialed up the wazoo. 
but his whole job was misinformation. So, um, you know, don't discount Joe Schmuck that saw something in his backyard, right. treat it all the same, right? And, and, and figure it out for yourself. Well, I mean, that's, I mean, that's the thing with my story, right? Like I've had, a, it was pretty up close to personal experience where other witnesses, but even when I tell the story, I try to preface it with, look, I don't expect you to believe this. And all I ask is that you reciprocate <laughs> that, that courtesy, you know, like if yeah. you have a story and you're not the military personnel, you know, it doesn't mean that it's less valid. It's just, you know, I, for me, especially, you know, doing the activism and the grassroots stuff that I do, it's like, what can I put on the desk of a senator? And and unfortunately, right now, senators and lawmakers really rely on military witnesses. They really, yeah. really do. Um, and I could bring them 70 years worth of eyewitness testimony from very credible people to very, you know, normal people that are not in the military. Um, and it just doesn't hold as much weight and water as those military witnesses, because those military witnesses also come with you know, hardware that records stuff, you know, yeah, on, yeah. on their softwares um, and their in their instruments. And so, well, and they come with they come with millions of dollars spent on training to identify right. the things that are in the sky. So, right. And it's just it's a totality of information, too, sometimes in the cases. It's not just one pilot. It's usually four pilots. And then and then it's the ships and the planes that are also in the area and the submarines that are also tracking these things yeah that's so, what i'm saying you know, there's, there's a chain that exists yeah, it, with each it's person just, it's not just a single person right yeah it's a, it's a really big picture it's a really and it's a complex picture of instruments that work very well in harmony together you know so those are the things that i think move the needle and i think that's why the conversation is move, is going where it's going and i and i think i hope you know that one day we've reached a point where it's like, okay, we don't need any more military witnesses or data. We've proven it. This is real. Now we can scientifically talk about it. And I think that opens the door for science to turn around and say, okay, we have to now address this civilian issue. We have to really start mm -hmm. taking these cases and these testimonies with more than just a grain of salt and, and see what kind of patterns can we build from, from these testimonies and these people um, and, uh, you know, try and get to the bottom of it. I, I really do hope that experiencers have their day in the sun. I think they're going to get it, but... Um, it's just, it's going to take a little more time, I think. So do you think that, I mean, do you feel like we are at the point now where the existence of UFOs is no longer the question? It's the origin of UFOs. For me, it's, it's, I mean, right. It's never been a question since I was 13. Right. Um, right. But even, even with that, even with that experience, I try to be the most level-headed and rational thinker I can. And I try with all of my might to put that personal experience to the side and just try and look at the facts as they are and try to put myself in the shoes of people who do not look at all of these little nuances and, and things that are going on in this conversation and say to myself, okay, what is it going to take to convince my mom or my sister or, you know, any one of these people that don't look at this with the eye that I do. Um, and so, you know, in a lot of ways, I think it's already happened and it's happened in a way that it's now going to start trickling down to the masses because the government has acknowledged it. Academia has now acknowledged it. And now they're looking into it. And, and, and not only that, but lawmakers have acknowledged it and have written laws now that are emphasizing the importance of this. It's, it, I think it also is including a lot of other things like uh, swarm drone technology, I think is a huge issue. Like right now, they're they're talking about this drone swarm that was surrounding our ships, and everybody's yelling, "See their drones! You see, <laughs> this was wrong." But nobody's yeah. yelling, "Who the hell do those drones belong to?" Right? Who yeah. is flying drones in a swarm pattern around <laughs> our U.S. military uh, uh, hardware? And why is nobody getting upset about that? And why right. is mainstream news just completely blowing? it um and and ufo researchers like if anything we should be yelling hey look at what the ufo community just found out yeah we found drones around our most sensitive ships 
Like that should be a huge win for right. this community. That's mm -hmm. we should be like, like yelling and like like we should be yelling at the top of our lungs. Hey, look what we just did. Why aren't you guys paying attention to this? Because you'd it's think, big data. But, you'd think, but spend an hour on UFO Twitter and your mind will change. Oh, trust me, you don't need an hour to figure that out. <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. figure that out really quickly. And I just <laughs> saw that Gary Nolan really hates me, and it's so weird because I've never talked to him in my life, and everything that has ever come out of my mouth about Gary Nolan has been nothing but positive like wonderful statements like i think he's like him the discussion between him and uh, lex fridman is insanely one it's one of my favorite conversations ever on the topic of ufos <laughs> and then you go to ufo twitter and the guys blocked me in the hate. i'm like dude what's up like yeah. like we've never even spoken yep that happened it's to us crazy. With some people too we get it we get it it's just yeah. weird it's just, it's just it's drama weird. Yeah. People just like drama so but um, I was going to ask you do, you, do you think that, um, so uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson mm. has said numerous times, UFOs aren't real. There's no possibility that it's alien life, et cetera, et cetera. Um, like, do you think for the masses, somebody like Neil deGrasse Tyson to like, you know, come around and say, yep, you know what, I think. You, know, you, think, you think that would have a huge impact for the masses? You see this right here? This is our disclosure clock, okay? <laughs> so when the disclosure clock strikes midnight, that means we've hit full McWest and that disclosure's happened. Look at <laughs> nine o'clock is Neil deGrasse Tyson. Okay, so we have it. We're just between John Greenwald and Neil deGrasse Tyson. 10 o'clock is Susan, Susan Goff and 11 o'clock is Stephen Greenstreet. We're right now at eight almost 820 on the disclosure clock um <laughs> man so awesome yeah i think if neil degrasse tyson comes out and starts reversing course and maybe starts sounding a little bit more like michu kaku yeah. yeah it's gonna be huge huge i don't know um, you know it's hard for him not to be compared to carl sagan right i mean he yeah, yeah. tried to fill he in his shoes he, you look at sagan yeah. And you look at Sagan, who was a huge alien guy, and then one day flipped, completely yeah. flipped, was anti-Betty and Barney Hill, just completely changed his tune. You know, there's a lot of theories that the government stepped in, was like, hey, bro, look, yeah. you got to stop. And there's a lot of folks that feel that DeGrasse Tyson's kind of gotten the same phone call. I mean, I've got no proof of that. I don't either. But, it's well, I don't either. Right? I, I, I honestly, I honestly think it's it's just his ego, which yeah. is wild yeah. to me. Like you know, because if anything, science is shown over and over and over that you know nothing. We know nothing. Um, somebody had had uh, you know how DeGrasse Tyson puts the entire uh, 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 galactic calendar, like from mm -hmm. the Big Bang till now, yeah. and where the literally the last second on the Big Bang, uh, or or the cosmic uh, calendar. Yeah, somebody had said today that human they did the exact same thing with all of human history, and <laughs> like we're right now in the last thirty seconds of midnight. You know, like and that includes you know um, you know running toilets in Rome all the way to the space shuttle. You know, like <laughs> right. like that's literally the last minute of our existence. We're just scratching the surface of what we could really be um and if we make it another three four hundred years at this pace i think i think you know like michikaku says we'll get into that type one type two type civilizations you know where we're we're completely um in control of our solar system you know and we could create matter and and travel among the stars with with uh, yeah. with little effort you know, you talk about the, you, you kind of talked about the UFO community kind of almost being like a religion where you just kind of accept and believe just because. Right. And I think that um, what I'll call mainstream science, I think is a lot the same way. Mm -hmm. um, and anything that pushes against the envelope a little bit about what mainstream science is willing to accept or, 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 rec or recognize, um, is just automatically shot down as like nope that's that's you know it's not possible it can't be done because yeah. the 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 reverse of it the you know the recognition or or even 
you know, thinking about the possibilities of, of what could be true uh, would just totally shift and, and, and blow away what we know or what we call science, our understanding of science today. And, and so I think that in Neil, I think is one of the biggest spokespeople for mainstream science. Oh. Um, I just wish he had more of a, you know, I just got done watching the documentary about the aerial school sighting and, um, you know, John Max. Uh, fight with Harvard to mm-hmm. to recognize him <laughs> for all the work that he's done, yeah. and and this idea of wait, like wait a second, we have a, an entire university based off of theology, um, and right. and this God that none of you have ever seen or have any proof of, but my idea of possible aliens visiting this planet and interacting with humans is way more far fetched than that. Like, right. come on. Like, and the thing that I love that they said in this film, and it was an attorney, I think it was uh, uh, Berkowitz, if I'm not mistaken, um, said about John Mack, like, you know, uh, angels, yes, you know, uh, aliens, no. You know, unless you they're also, demons. Unless they're <laughs> demons, right? But you also have a right to be wrong about your theory as a scientist. Yes. Like, and it's on the, it's not on John Mack to prove that he's right. It's on his colleagues to prove that he's wrong. And yeah, I, I, and it's just like, they don't even want to take that step. And that's what's sad. You know, I, I recently had a, a discussion with somebody about um, who has the burden of proof in uh, UFO uh, footage. Um, and it's not, you know, so the, the argument went back and forth that, the claimant is the one who has uh, the burden of proof. Well, in any UFO footage, there are at least two claimants. There's someone claiming it to be otherworldly, and there's someone claiming it to be mundane. So right. in both cases, those claimants have the burden of proof. Right. It's not just the person who's claiming it to be otherworldly. Yeah. And that's what I love about Mick West is when we do get those videos that are like, borderline where people are like oh man this does look amazing and then he does a 3d model telling you why mm-hmm. hey this is why it might not be amazing you know not saying it's not i'm just saying like the initial analysis of this is is a bit exaggerated to say the least you know it's like we got to break this down and we and and you know for us to to sit back and and be able to look at something like that and go okay he's making a good point what else you got government, Yeah, you know, because this is, this is good, but we need more. Like we need more. Yeah. Right. Well, he does I, actual it, research into that as opposed to somebody saying, well, it looks like a bird to me. So therefore right. it's not, it's not right. I'm like you saying uh, something is something, you know, is the same thing I'm doing, you know, yeah. <laughs> is essentially we're doing yeah. the same thing here, but you yeah. think yours holds more weight. Yeah. I'll go with the guy who 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 spends sixty hours building a three D model, you know, right. and and actually doing this the work and the science behind it. I don't know how to do that stuff. I rely on the experts to do that stuff, mm-hmm. you know. And but that's why also, you know, like when I talk to Mick West, I'm like, like why, <laughs> like you can understand from my point of view why I would take the word of an F sixteen or an F eighteen fighter pilot over parts of your analysis you know like yeah. like you could understand that right he is the professional you are a video game designer like yeah. and and that doesn't mean that you're wrong i'm just saying like you could understand like if you if we get to a point where there's a difference of opinion and it's a and it's a very you know it's like the linchpin of the argument and the f-16 pilot's going Hey, look, this is what I saw. This is what happened. And, and, and that's it. And the video game designers going, yeah, but I think it's a parallax effect. The, the camera's not moving in the way that they say. It's just like, yeah, I'm going to take the word of the guy who was there and the, the highly trained pilot over yours. But that's not to say that the pilot might not be wrong down the road. Maybe right. he ends up being wrong. And if that's the case, you got to be able to, at least for me, the thing that I've learned a lot too is to just be able to take information as it comes in and being okay with it going against your belief system. Yes. 
that's difficult. It's really, really difficult. Well, it is. But, it's difficult on the theology side of things. Yeah. I mean, one of our, our our best Josh and I's best friend is is a uh, Methodist uh, uh, minister, mm. and it was hard when we first started doing this show. It was kind of hard for us all to kind of have a decent conversation. But just like you said, hey, if you give me the same respect I'm giving you. And that changed things on both ends. Right. You know, I it, it allowed us to be more open to his thoughts. And he is far more open to alien, UFO, just paranormal things than ever before because he gave that same respect. Because I said right. they're, they're super similar in, in how we look at them. Neither of us have any handheld proof in our hands besides faith and, right. and people's experiences. Right. Right. So... And- Go ahead, sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was saying those are valid, you know, mm-hmm. like, I, and I think that's, it's really difficult to do when you have 250 something characters, you know, in, in an <laughs> app that doesn't display human emotion, Correct. you know, or, or right. in, in context and, and things get lost in translation all the time. I think it's, yeah. it's just a horrible way to communicate. I've, I thought it was like, oh man, this is the future. And maybe it is. It's just the growing pain of getting to an ultimate communication between humans. Mm. Um, you know, I really do think that's what social media is. It's just, it is, it is eventually it'll get us there, but we have to go through these growing pains on how to learn how to use it and communicate with it properly because holy cow, are we lost with it? So, I think what it's so done is it, it's showing us that we are one species. Whereas before we were all separate countries and we still are, don't get me wrong, but you know, if we have that alien invasion event that's coming fake or real, you know, this as social media has already connected all of us as one, one world. And so we're already used to being one. What were you saying, Josh? Sorry. Uh, I was just going to say number one about social media, things have, ebbs and flows and i think that what we'll see within social media is in the next 15 years the next hot app will be some app that just connects you face to face again like we're going to go so far down the zoom google meets direction that we're going to start to lose that face to face interaction and we're going to snap back like a rubber band and that's going to be the hot thing again is everybody getting together face to face having those in-person interactions and then it'll go back to i the think that's already started with meta i think that because you're mm-hmm. getting full body uh even though they're avatars i think that's what i think you're right i think we're heading in that direction because people are craving <clears throat> some sort of body right yeah. and so we're in that space i think you're right i think it will lead to that that it'll be the trendy retro thing to do is to yeah. hang out with your well, friends at a coffee shop yeah. <laughs> retro i like yeah. that so yeah um, <laughs> it's almost like a holodeck <laughs> yeah <Yes>. yeah <laughs> Um, and then I wanted to know your opinion because, you know, Stefan and I, we've talked about it quite a bit, but it seems like um, that there are people who are on the, oh, I don't know if you want to call it esoteric or metaphysical side of the UFO experience, um, who have uh, conversations or connections or whatever with, uh, you know, beings or species or whatever. And, and kind of the, 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 the message that I seem to hear uh, more recently in these documentaries and such is that um, all this like is going to come fully out into the open within our lifetimes like you know and so I'm just curious on you know do you feel like you know it, it's it's kind of like everybody loves a mystery do you think we'll solve the mystery before you know 2030 or 2050 or I think that everyone is going to be so wrong on this. That's how complicated it is. I think, I think a, a big reason why modern society, at least, because I think in in in, um, in a much I want to say simpler time, but I think uh, when we were a lot closer to nature and, and far removed from this technology, that talking about these types of ideas uh, were a lot more common. Um, but with that said, I don't think anybody is going to be right on when we start to <coughs> really scientifically break this down, if it's even possible. Um, I mean, the part that frustrates me, the, the esoteric aspect of this conversation frustrates the hell out of me the most because it kind of alludes that because I can't, I, I can talk to 
them I'm special and you're not, you know, and it's like, and I don't like that, <laughs> you know, it doesn't hit me the right way. Like, way that doesn't, it doesn't sound very inclusive. It if doesn't. You, if you pay Stephen Greer ten thousand dollars, he can get you to right. see him too. No, he can get you to see him too. Yeah, front row seats. There's something about it, man. I just think that it's uh, it's been around for a long time. Those kind of belief systems and and they've kind of hijacked meditating and you know repackaged it as this you know UFO contacting device. And it's like mm-hmm. I I. I don't, I don't, yeah, I don't buy it. I, it's not that I don't buy it. I think it's possible, but, but this idea that, you know, you know, and, you know, your truth is the only truth. I, it's frustrating as hell to communicate or try to rationalize with those, with those people. Really well, that, that implies too, that there's one answer, right? You know, right. Which when is, I think so, it's so, so. So, so, so egocentric. Yeah. You know, like it's like it's definitely aliens. Like, I'm sorry. (laughs) I don't think it's that simple. I don't Uh think it's as simple as something getting on a ship and going, let's go to Earth. And then they zoom over here and then they're here. You know, like I I think it's I think it's as complicated as, you know, the first humans to explore the ocean, not just the surface, but you know the first people to go underneath and really see what was going on and get an understanding and you know how long it took us to understand whales and what they were mm-hmm. you know before we you know and especially after you know we've started harpooning them you know for certain yeah really certain things for lipstick you know, like for lipstick and for oil and for candles and you know and and now here we are 200 years later and we're like oh my god these things are sentient like they're they have feelings yeah. they they actually get scared they have emotions and uh i don't know man i well, think we, it's gonna be so complicated and we always put our own our own culture on things i mean you look at um old right. contactee sightings and stuff like that and they would have like tube televisions inside the deck of the <laughs> of the ships right. and and things like that i mean hell look at star trek how 60s everything still was even in the technology right yeah, yeah so we don't know what it is because it it it's not there yet yeah. and it, it's going to be how something do we know? completely different than what we think because we can't wrap our minds around something that we haven't experienced yet but let's just say for a second, how do we even know that the, whatever the phenomenon is, isn't projecting itself as these things that we can understand? Because right. Because our brain wouldn't be able to comprehend no, it. Oh, yeah. You know, Which is like something yeah, we thought like about. End of um, of contact, you know, Jody Foster. And they're like, mm-hmm. I'm presenting yourself as myself as your dad because you can comprehend me in that form. Yeah. You, could, you wouldn't freak out. Like, you wouldn't. Well. You wouldn't, and this is just the beginning. Like, this is just the first conversation that right. our species is having with you. And we're not going to have another one of these until you're long dead. You know, <laughs> like, yeah, like that to me, I think, is the more likely scenario um, where it's just like, hey, here's the initial hello. We'll see you in 10,000 years if you make yeah. it. If you make it. Yeah. You know, well, I mean, we, we've talked about how um, I think that all of the individual experiences let's say uh contact sightings whatever um it's all to kind of grassroots it's it's changing the world one person at a time um i don't think we're ever gonna have um you know unless like everybody's at a soccer game and you know they land in the field even the even then though people would be like it's a stunt (laughs) You know, I mean, uh, look at look at these kids at aerial school. There was 60, 80 of them had BBC reporters. They had a Harvard psychiatrist, child psychologist, and and people still went. They're kids. Yeah, they're probably making it up. You know, it's like I don't even think even if the adults were there and the adults had seen it, mm -hmm. the, the, the reaction would be the same, man. It would have to be. You know, not only are we here, but hey, we're staying. And oh, by the way, here's our Bible of technology. Here's how you use it. Here's how we got it. Uh, you know, like it would have to be. That's, I think, the only way the paradigm shift really goes into overdrive mm-hmm. is if they, you know, they land and they're like, 
all right, we're here to stay. Like, we, like we've yeah. been watching you for a while. Here's who we are. Here's where we come from. Here's our technology. Here's how you implement it. Uh, here's how, here's the best government, <laughs> you know, or whatever, you know, like, yeah. here's, here's what you put in the textbooks. Like, you know, but I, I just think that's such a far-fetched, wild, egocentric scenario. Like, I, I don't think it would ever happen like that. It just, it's mm. too perfect. So, Lou, I think we're about out of time, um, and, and uh, it's flown by. I uh, love having you on. Um, sure. Have, love to have you back again sometime. Um, but I wanted to give folks an opportunity to, you know, where can they find you, uh, hear more about you, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, you can check me out. I'm on YouTube, The Unidentified Celebrity Review. You can find me on Twitter at Lou Angeles. Um, we do a show every Thursday at 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. It's a two-hour show. Usually have guests uh, in the first hour and and they talk about news and and uh, and films or whatever's happening in the uh, UFO community and world in hour two and yeah it's uh, I've got my partner Jane Kyle and rather be squitting <laughs> and uh, yeah we, we 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 try to bring cover you know we all have different viewpoints we all have different opinions of of what's going on and and it 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 allows to have a very cool conversation because you know we'll have disagreements but it's always respectful it's always yeah it always starts at that place of respect it's like hey here's where we disagree and that's cool you know yeah Yeah. Um, we can all be civil oh there's so much there's so much to talk about and there's there's so much to challenge each other on you know like yeah yeah i think that's that's where the value is, is is being able to challenge each other and not uh and not eat each other (laughs) it's not not necessary but uh you know hey man as uh baby steps as bill murray says yep (laughs) baby steps baby steps amen brother uh lou thank you so much again uh to our listeners if you have not checked out uh the unidentified celebrity review we highly recommend it we are big fans ourselves and we much appreciate it lou again thank you so much and you're welcome back anytime Yeah, man. Pleasure is all mine. I really appreciate the invite. All right. Thank you so much, Lou. Man, what an absolute Mm -hmm. blast, Josh. I could have talked to him for three hours, dude. Yep. Uh, Very, you know, just uh, not not to say that I didn't expect it, but I mean, just very knowledgeable on the topic. Um, the, The right. So we talk about the difference between skeptics and debunkers. Lou is a skeptic and, and it's and it's appreciated that he brings the right level of skepticism to these things that are happening. Mm-hmm. But he's also open to, you know, guys, I just don't know. And, you know, yep. I appreciate that. Yeah, his story uh, very much reminded me of my own. Uh, mine went to a path towards the occult first, you know, um, and, and things like that. Uh, but even how his show got started, you know, like when I first started Fearscape back in the day with Brad, we originally just reviewed random things. I mean, we even had your brother on to do Star Wars uh, back yeah. on the old podcast before it was Fearscape. And we just kind of led our way, you know, to uh, inviting actors and comedians on to talk about stuff. And then it became bring on actors and comedians to talk about the paranormal and and then the, just all led to here. So it's very interesting how similar that is. Um, but yep. yeah, make sure you guys check out his show. Uh, just a reminder as well, we're here on the UNX Network. Uh, you could check out our show as well as all the other shows on uh, unxnetwork.com. We're also part of the Fearscape Media Network. You can go to fearscapemedia.com, check out our show uh, and all those other shows. But I know that some of you have been like where can i get some fun cool paranormal weird sasquatchy alien shirts well guess what we have uh, a treasure trove of amazing nerdy paranormal alien ufo shirts as well as if you want to support you know just all the shows on the network and stuff like that You know, you can go to fearscapemedia.com slash store or go to the convergenceenigma.com slash store uh, and, and check out. You can get stickers and, and all kinds of fun stuff like that. It's an absolute blast. Um, yep. So make sure to do that. It's a great way to support us uh, and support the Fearscape Media Network. Uh, so, but Josh, ready to get out of here, brother? I am ready to go, my friend. Me too. Uh, thank you guys so much for tuning in. Uh, just a reminder, we this show is our first show going bi-weekly. So if you're here, 
you know that's where we went last week. On X, you guys are going to get weekly shows with some uh, some uh, reruns uh, to get in there. But you just keep listening, man. We got new shows yeah. every bi-week. Like, I take care of this baby, Josh. But <laughs> thank you guys so much for tuning into the Convergence Enigma with Josh and Stefan. This has been Stefan reminding you to keep your eyes on the skies. This has been Josh. The truth is now. And remember, folks, keep questioning, keep searching. Until next time, good night, everybody. Good night.